Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 269, recorded live on Saturday, August 11th, 2012. And here are your hosts, the man who wanted to get up early today, Dave Play. Hey! And the man who is happy to oblige, Andy Lowe. Hi. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you want to get up for Yeah, no problem. It's like, oh, I can just eat early. Nine o'clock. That's not early. Son of a... The weekend, this is when I usually get to sleep in. Hey, you're the one who wanted this early, so... Yes. Yes. Well, I'm driving to Milwaukee after this. Ah. So the earlier, the better, as it were. It's not that bad of a drive. No, it's only an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of nice getting like 55 miles to the gallon on that drive. I drove it with the Jeep and I got about um, 20, (laughs) I think 19 maybe. But that was when I discovered the Jeep's cruise control still worked. Oh, love cruise control. It's one of those things that you you don't realize how great it is until you don't have it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Cruise control. So, Dave, what are you drinking to keep yourself up in the morning? Morning Thunder. <laughs> really? Is that what it's called? Yes. It's a tea by Celestial Seasonings called Morning Thunder. Look it up. Uh, oh. It does exist. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's an actual thing. <laughs> so... Right under the Morning Thunder Black Herbal Tea by Celestial Seasonings yeah. is the Urban Dictionary definition oh God. for Morning Thunder. And what is the Urban Dictionary definition? The first usually very powerful fart of the day. Wow. As an example, the quiet peace of the tent was shattered by Brian's Morning Thunder. Okay. Nope, nope, not that kind of Morning Thunder. Nope. Celestial seasonings. Yeah. One of the two major tea companies in the U.S., right? But I don't know. I drink coffee. I basically made myself a, um, what's coffee and milk? Is that a latte? Well, I mean, a latte is kind of specifically made, but sure. In order for it to be a latte, Andy, it has to be espresso. No, I thought it was just coffee. No, no. A latte is an espresso with milk. Just like a cappuccino is an espresso with milk and steamed milk so that you get the foam. An Americano is an espresso with extra water. Which is different than just a coffee. Watered-down coffee? Who the hell would want that? Well, Andy, remember how strong espressos are. Yes, good point. And if you're not used to it, hence... And then remember Americano. Yeah. Probably. Like, oh, God, this is so strong. Can you just add a little extra water to it? Okay. Oh, hey, that's much better. Well, I was going to say I had made myself a caramel latte, but I guess not. No, you made yourself caramel milk coffee. Ah, I suppose. You do not have an espresso machine, to my knowledge. No, I don't. So you are not making lattes, nor cappuccinos, nor Americanos, nor mochiatos. Macchiatos, not mochiatos. What is the macchiato? (laughs) 
I was good for you up to a bit. What do you mean? Well, I I got most of the references, but the macchiato, oh. that one, I don't macchiato? know. Uh, a macchiato is the espresso with the milk foam, but not the steamed milk. Hmm. So it's like a very strong cappuccino. Wow. See, this this infographic is helpful. Here, I will link it to you. Or you could just post it on the list of topics. <laughs> Coffee flavors. There, I have linked you the infographic. Oh, well, that works. Steamed half and half? What the hell? Cafe Breve? Ugh. I need to go to Starbucks. <laughs> God, I still need to figure out what the heck that lady ordered for me at the Pikes Peaks Starbucks. Because that was good. What was it? I don't remember. But what, I mean, was it milky? Was it coffee? What, I mean, it was, I'm not sure exactly what she, it was like a marble something. And it, from what I can remember, it wasn't actually on the menu, but she was working as a security guard at Pike's Market, Pike's Place Market. Yeah. And so she knew all the guys working at the Starbucks because that was her job was to. She ordered for you? Yeah. Give him some of the... Okay. I'm not going to say no to free coffee. So, one of the perks of dressing up as Waldo, I got free coffee. <laughs> so, why I thought I had made myself a um, caramel latte is because I added caramel to this. Yes. Oh, God, that is so good. When you say you added caramel... Like... Kate, at some point, when we went shopping, went into the ice cream toppings line and got caramel syrup. Okay. So caramel-flavored syrup. Yes. Not actually like you boiled sugar and mixed it. No. Okay. Just checking. We tried to make caramel one time. Turned out we made molasses instead. Because <laughs> we let it cook for a little too long. Just a little too long. It's really sad. Cooking sugar is... Very difficult because yes, it's very it easy to go over. Yeah, basically, like, if you've let it get to a true caramel flavor on the stove, you've gone too far. Yeah, because it will, once you, everything still cooks a little bit after you pull it off the heat. And so we had made molasses, which is not as tasty. Not as tasty at all. I'm kind of surprised the amount of overlap between geeks and what i would consider fine culinary cooking but then there's also geeks and eating cheetos and balls what well okay so you you have like the the isn't it like the geek cookbook or the nerd cookbook one of the two is there such a thing i think i i we have it over it's in the kitchen so i can't with the Amazon. There's the Nerd Cookbook from Amazon, which is nope. That's the overall guide for underachievers. I think it's the Geek Cookbook. Cooking for Geeks. Yes. Real science, great hacks, and great and good food. Yes. Okay. You look at the cover. Yes, that's the one that we have. Um, you can see this in like some Twilight Zone episode where the four is, you know, covered. <laughs> How to serve human. Cooking Geeks. Wait, would that be Cooking P 
people who are geeky about cooking, or would that be actually cooking the geeks? Right. That, yeah. Okay. Thank you for spoiling the Twilight Zone, Andy. Oh, come on. That's episode... Once you've been spoofed by the Simpsons, <laughs> then all spoilers are out the window. Yeah. Once you, except that was the Simpsons back in, like, season four. God. I remember when that episode aired live. Yep. Oh. Welcome to feeling old. <laughs> it only happens more often. Did you see the XKCD uh, yesterday? About when people will forget things? Yes. Yep. Oh, God. Okay, so what What about Cooking for Geeks? Why is this on here? Well, I was just kind of thinking it's there's a dichotomy with geeks and food. Well, it depends if you're a food geek or not. True. You know, the- geeks can have rather exacting standards. But then also, you know, could inhale a bag of Doritos. But it it depends what standards you're talking about. It also depends on if you're eating for the enjoyment of eating or if you're eating for sustenance. True. If you're eating at a LAN party, that may or may not be... You don't care what you eat. You just kind of shove food in your mouth. But then there's also LAN parties where there is the geek who decides, you know, to make the 20 pounds of honey-smoked bacon or something. You don't expect. True. Oh man, making eggs and egg, making eggs. 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 What are eggs? Eggs. Eggs. I see. So now making... it's now it's milk and eggs. Oh. I do. Okay. So last night we were um, seeing some of Kate's cousins who were in town, and one of them is dating somebody from New York. It was kind of humorous to hear every once in a while a really New York word come out. Yeah, well, that that's kind of every week for me with you, Andy. I have a New York accent. No, you do not have a New York. I don't even know what accent you really have. <laughs> I have a Midwest accent. It, to us, it doesn't sound like an accent, but I'm guessing to people around New the York. world. Yeah. Down in Texas. New York. Boston. Ah, forget about it. No. No? No. Just no. Uh, So geeks and food, and geeks liking food. Geeks liking good food. Yep. Like aged Parmesan from Parma. Ooh. Or, ooh, ooh. Uh, Did did I ever tell you? I think I told you. I'm pretty sure I mentioned it, that I can go down the road to this one place in downtown and get, like, 12-year-old cheddar. Yeah, you told me about that. Oh, 12-year-old cheddar. (laughs) See, I'm not a big cheddar fan, but I'm thinking after 12 years. <laughs> it's so sharp. Tasty. I think the 10-year-old was actually better, but I have just been the batch. Yeah, just, it, yeah, it all depends on the batch. The Reuben I had last night, not so good. The other Reuben that was ordered at our table was much better. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, man, s- this is terrible. What are you talking about? This is delicious. <laughs> that was the thing. <laughs> I ordered the Reuben, I'm like halfway through, and I'm just like sitting there, I'm like, well, this Reuben was crap, which is surprising, because normally when I order a Reuben from there, it's delicious. And the other guy looks at me, he's like, oh, shit. I'm like, what? I just ordered the Reuben. <laughs> I'm sorry, you should have asked. And then it turns out to be delicious. Mm-hmm. It was just my bad batch, I guess. Yep. So, should we 
stop with the classic food podcast? But and actually, we did it again, didn't we? Yep. See, geeks and food. Clearly, there is a tie-in here. Yeah, we can stop talking about food. Could talk about the Olympics. Could. U.S. is up in both total and golds. I've kind of stopped paying attention to the Olympics after, you know, swimming is done. I mean, there's more to the Olympics than just swimming. I know, but I'm not really interested in track and field. The U.S. women's soccer team. Okay, I was paying attention to soccer a bit, and I was paying attention to beach volleyball. The fact that the U.S. got both the gold and the silver in women's beach volleyball? Yes. The winners, that was their third Olympics, I think? Yep. That they won? Walsh and May. Yeah. Misty May? Mm-hmm. They had never lost a game in the Olympics, and they had also only lost one set Yep. in the Olympics. And they've that came been... this year. I mean, they're they're old for Olympic athletes. Mm-hmm. Like in their 40s? No, they're not in their 40s. They're huh? cert- Andy, this, they've been doing this for 12 years. Carrie Walsh, let's see, was born in 78, so that puts her at 33. Misty May is 35. Okay, so they're in their 30s. They're in their mid-30s. Which, I guess, is enough for Misty May, but not for Walsh. Walsh is going on. Yeah, but Misty May is retiring. But just like Phelps, everybody's like, are you sure? <laughs> God, People I... People are really, are you suring to Phelps? Yes. No, let the, <laughs> him out of the spotlight. Let him go. Out let of the, the spotlight. Let America's sweetheart of uh, Missy Franklin take over from the jerks of Phelps and Locke. Mm-hmm. I did watch... Uh, girls diving which was dominated by the chinese again yeah well the americans did decent still diving is now a chinese sport yeah (sighs) there's there's one move where they you know they they are facing away from the pool they bend over put their hands on the ground and then lift their legs yeah the handstand yes one of the Americans did the handstand. And typically, from what I observed in the handstand, you just kind of fall backwards. Sometimes. Depends on if you're doing an in- a handstand with an inward dive, which would be flipping towards the stand. Okay. But that's just like turning and then falling forward, yes? No, no. You, okay, so you do the hands. So once you're, once you're on your hands, yes. your, your choices are basically fall. Yes. Well, the American didn't fall. What did the American do? She pushed herself off. Okay. Like, she, you could see her just kind of almost like doing a push-up in a handstand and launched herself into the air. Did she rotate towards the diving boards or towards the pool? I don't know. I believe towards the board. Okay, so then she was doing a handstand inward. Okay. Because inwards is in towards the board. Okay. It was really, really, really fucking impressive is what it was. I know. The it's a shame I... we can't show you clips, <laughs> NBC. No, 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 no. IOC. Mall them too. Yeah. 
but instead we'll have a five-minute interview with Michael Phelps. Goddamn Phelps. I was trying to make a joke about them. I know. Yeah. Now, if you think about this, uh, one of our listeners sent that mail in. Mm-hmm. Think, kind of pointing out the fact that um, if any of the country, if any country in the world would cut a nine eleven memorial or something, we'd, in favor of, we'd go nuts. Yeah, we'd be like, we'd start to invade their country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Goddamn double standards. Well, they're all over the place, Andy. What do you want? True. We are the U.S. And we landed a rover on Mars. We landed a rover on Mars. I watched it. I fell asleep. I watched all of it as it came in. I was so excited. Although I'm a little kind of... Everyone's talking about the seven minutes of terror. Mm-hmm. And they're all describing the seven minutes of terror as being the like the entry of the robot is the seven minutes of terror and you know, not knowing whether or not this is going to work and stuff like that. And that's close to what they actually, what my, my interpretation was for the seven minutes of terror, but not quite. I saw the seven minutes of terror being because of the 15 minute delay, when they get the signal that it's starting the separation and starting entry, it has already been landed or not or not. It has already crashed. Yeah. Which, by the way, this is like the perfect thing about quantum physics on a macro scale. <laughs> like, it's quantum physics, but it's not. Because at that point, it is either crashed or it has landed. We don't know. For and another... there's no way to know. Yeah. Which means, is it both? I, I don't know, but... Until, yeah. until the information actually reaches us, until the light from there hits here, there's no way to know. <laughs> the rover has both crashed into the Earth and landed perfectly. Yep. But then seven minutes later, we found out it landed perfectly. It well, landed almost, almost perfect. perfect. Yeah. Fairly perfect. I mean, like, for... You know what, Andy? Given the mechanism they used to land it, I'll call that perfect. Well, um, the uh, press conference yesterday... I've been keeping track of the press conferences, especially since they happen right around 1 o'clock, so it's a perfect lunch time for me. Mm-hmm. So I'll make some lunch and then watch press conference yesterday's was a little long though that was a little surprising okay um but the landing was basically near perfect they they brought the landing team back in after they you know had a chance to study their data and kind of like compared what they had predicted was going to happen in a perfect situation Mm -hmm. versus what actually happened and they're all just like i wish i had more to tell you but it was pretty much <laughs> spot on. Yeah. And it was only a kilometer and a half away from its in the center of its intended target. The parachute was scheduled to deploy between 241 and 263 seconds, and it deployed at 259. Mm-hmm. Rate of rotation was slower than expected. The heat shield was supposed to be 15 meters away within five seconds. It was within that distance in three seconds, so... Although I... During the the actual landing, there was a part of it where they were off by a little bit. And I think it was it was the trajectory, or it was the angle, or it was some measurement of distance. And uh, you could hear over the intercom, be like, "Hey, you know, just it, this is off by such and such number." And it sounded like a pretty big number. And the response was, "Yeah, close enough." 
<laughs> like, wait, what? Did they what? Close enough? Well, what was really surprising though is in the Friday conference they actually showed the um, landing target sizes mm-hmm. for everything that's landed on Mars so far, compared to the size of Curiosity's landing zone. Yeah, like Curiosity like, is probably much smaller. Oh my god! Yeah, well, they had way more control over it. Yeah, that and also the fact that they were able to map everything out better and this, that, and the other thing. It was like looking at the Viking landing size, especially since they had never landed anything on Mars. Its landing area was huge compared to Curiosity. Mm-hmm. Did you see the pool of engineers who marked down where they thought it would end up landing? No. Yep. Well, that's funny. One dollar buy-in. <laughs> they were playing squares with the landing. Yep. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay, so the whole like sky current thing is really cool, and I love how it worked perfectly, but I also love the fact that they were able to get a shot from the high-rise camera... Of the parachute. Of the parachute. <laughs> yep. So we're going to throw this thing at Mars, and now all while we're doing that, we're also going to have something orbiting Mars, and we're going to have them intersect, basically. Well, that was necessary, actually. Well, yeah, they had to have it for the bent pipe for trajectory stuff. Well, not just the trajectory. I mean, it was... It's not that we landed on Mars. We landed on the far side of Mars. True. It was the side facing away from Earth. So they needed to use the the observer because they needed something to actually communicate. Well, that and the fact that the amount of bandwidth that they were using for trajectory wasn't really able to be broadcast by Curiosity by itself. Yep. Till they got the high gain antenna up, which they have now. Yeah, now they're starting to get like HD color pictures in. I know. So cool. So exciting. So right However, now it's a bit of a lull because um they have to update the software from landing mode to um surface mode. They just so packaged the software? Did you hear how much... It's like got like 2K of memory or something. It's uh, There's two computers on Curiosity, main and backup. Uh-huh. No surprise. Each contains a 133 megahertz processor and 4 gigabytes of storage. Okay. How... I, I mean, how many billions of dollars was this thing? Uh, Was it Curiosity's cost in the 3 billion or was it 6 billion? I think it was like 2.5 billion. I gotta double check this now. Uh, two point five. You're right. Okay. Two, okay. So two point five billion. How much does a one hundred and twenty-eight gigabyte solid-state drive cost? I don't know. Go to Tiger Direct. <laughs> oh God! Really, I hate Tiger Direct. Then go to Newegg. Except I hate Newegg and refuse <laughs> to shop there anymore. Well, I hate Tiger Direct. I will never again give me one of my rebates. Newegg. Yeah. Well, I'm. Newegg gave me damaged shit and almost didn't take it back. So we've both had problems with each other's. Yep. God, Newegg's taking forever. (laughs) It's taking forever. What the hell? $300. Okay. I just went to Google and I typed in 128 gigabyte solid state. That would work as well. Top of the line, solid state, $120, $300. And in fact, you can buy it for much less. You can buy it for like $100. 
And when you compare that to $2.5 billion, and yes, I understand the need for, for like not just security but data integrity, that you don't want the data to, to fail. You don't want this, you know, they can't replace the drive. And if you buy a $150 drive and it fails, well, then your $2.5 billion is useless. Yes. Okay, so buy 10 of them. But then you got to worry about weight. Andy, how much does a solid state drive cost, like weigh? It's just a couple of, maybe a pound, maybe two pounds. Okay. So how much did the robot weigh? Is um, it a ton? I think. I'm looking to add 10 pounds. The guy explained it much better during the press conference was the fact that, <laughs> yes, because they, they were asked about this, especially when he pointed out that his iPhone had more processing power than the Curiosity. It was four times the processing power. Yeah. And four times the storage. Yeah. But he was like pointing out, it's like, yes, we could have done that. But what we have tested for space travel is what they used. So yep. they know that that processor and that storage can handle the temperature swings of Mars. Well, let's say Mars and, you know, being Deep out space. in space, getting blasted by radiation. Yep. Which was also cool that they did that during the flyover. Did you hear about that? They put Yeah, uh, they, they have some radiation detectors on there, so they now know what the cosmic radiation is like between Earth and Mars. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Then you know what? Do what they did, and then toss one of these guys on there just for the sake of being like, will this work in the future? I oh. So, Dave, what I need you to do... <laughs> Go to JPL. Yeah. Find the follow-up to the Curiosity. I wonder what the follow-up's going to be. What What does one have after Curiosity? Hypothesis. <laughs> We're going to hypothesize putting a rover on Mars? No, the, the next rover will be called Hypothesis. <laughs> then Experiment. And then Revision. <laughs> then Experiment 2. Laura's pointing out that properly in the scientific theory, you need the question before the hypothesis. I don't know. Would opportunity be sort of a question? No. No. That was the closest I had. Okay. So Anyway, should we uh, move on? Yeah, probably should. Torrents. Okay. Torrents, 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 torrents. Lots of stuff about torrents this week. The fact that archive, the, the basically the web archive of the U.S. government is releasing songs and everything else as public domain as torrents. Wow. that? Well, that's one of them, yes. Is that actually on our list? No. Oh. I should probably put that on our you, list. You might want to add that to the list. The government is using torrents. Mm-hmm. Uh, archive offering over one million torrent downloads. Demonoid is down. What? Down, down. As I quickly type it in. Oh. Down. Down, down. Doobie down. Wait, are we talking like... Like, a week and a half ago, they went under a DDoS attack. Okay. And the the uh, administrator, who is one guy, by the way, and refuses to take donations, uh, said, you know, it'll be back up soon. Came back up. The Ukrainian government raided the server and took Ooh. the hardware. That's not good. No. So a Ukrainian official was having a meeting in the United States about copyright. 
Okay. An international copyright. And so the Ukrainian government scheduled this and had this raid in order to show the U.S. that, yes, they are serious about copyright issues. <laughs> look, look. Whoops. Yeah, I mean, it was – aren't we good? Aren't we good? Don't you like us? You like us? That's what? No, that's Italian. I was trying to get a Ukrainian. You like the pizza? That is not Ukrainian. That's still Italian. <laughs> trying to go for a, a Borat sort of Kazakhstan. No. Yeah, that's... I don't know that you have that accent in you, Andy. No. I did a pretty good Scottish accent for my D&D game. <laughs> they visited a blacksmith. So you made him Scottish? Yeah, well, Scottish or Irish, I don't really remember at this point. Well, did you just watch How to Train Your Dragon or what? No. Oh. Good movie, though. Yeah. So Demonoid is down. Um, the administrator is saying that it will be back. Oh. He has plans to restart the site. So the question now becomes, though, because it was a private torrent site. How much of it is tracked? Yes. Cause no one knows. <laughs> that said, even if, you know... Even if they kept detailed records of who downloaded what, I don't see the RIAA or the MPAA really going after people for that. What about the IFPI? Uh, possibly, but not likely. Because they already had released a... I think the IFPI did something about Demonoid. They have such bigger fish to fry. IFPI welcomes closure of Demonoid. Yeah. Oh... So you're also going to talk about Google censoring pirate websites? Yep. Is that what the Google censorship one is? Yep. Knew it. So Google has has maintained they are not going to remove things from their search results. No. However, they are perfectly willing to manipulate those search results. Which you've already known that they're doing that, especially when back, even before we realized it, we had talked about that with that U of M. Well, but that's manipulating for region. Still, that's, that's a little different. Google manipulating search results is not new. The fact that they're doing it to pirate websites to make them harder, harder to, to find. find. Yep. So Google is going to add into their wonderful, amazing algorithm a uh, number of copyright takedown notices filed against the site. I wonder how many of those are going to be against YouTube. <laughs> that would be really funny. All of a sudden, YouTube drops off of Google. It doesn't really matter because they were able to go to YouTube. Yep. Although, it'll, you know, I wonder, because with the current model of the DMCA, you can file a copyright takedown notice against anyone. Yeah, that's actually one of the topics we have on here. It was, so NASA was had uploaded to YouTube their... Um, footage. Footage of the rover landing, which NASA, everything that NASA does is in public domain because they're part of the government. u.s government yeah. yeah so it was kind of surprising that nasa's video on nasa's youtube website was, was taken suspended. down due to scripps local news a local news station yes what was idiot at that local news station tried to do that okay here we go yes i'm trying to read the the um Okay, this is actually not the first time that Scripps has had NASA videos 
blocked for copyright infringement. In April, Scripps also claimed ownership of a video of one of NASA's space shuttles being flown atop a 747, causing it to briefly disappear from NASA's account. But but it's NASA. <laughs> I know. Why? Because the DMCA right now is an act first, ask question. It's literally shoot first, ask questions later. But, like, why is this this local news agency even doing this? Because somehow they thought they owned the rights, I guess. Or they wanted to drive more people to watch their copy of it? No. Like, I don't understand this. This was basically somebody going through, most likely it was their, I, my guess is somebody got overzealous with their job of... <laughs> of maintaining their intellectual property. Yeah. People are stupid. Yep. My guess is, this is what I'm guessing, the fact that Scripps used the NASA footage in their newscast. Yeah. And then somehow was able to take... Delude themselves? Yeah. Saying, well, wait a second, this is our footage. No, it's not. Oh, it's not. It's NASA's footage. (laughs) Which means it's public domain. Oh, God. We really need the frickin' Millennium Copyright Act updated. Yes. Be careful what you wish for. I know, because then we'll get something like SOPA. Or PIPA. Or any of that ilk. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, what else? Uh, Blizzard got hacked. Yes, it did. Pretty severely, actually. Yeah. Uh, uh, supposedly no identifying information, but the the passwords and usernames, potentially. That's what I was reading. Let's see, exactly. For players on North American servers, mm-hmm. the answer to the personal security question and information relating to mobile and dial-in authenticators were also accessed on top of a list of email addresses. Okay. So your email address is out there. The answer to your personal security question. And my annoying part is the fact that the dial-in or the mobile authenticator was also accessed. Yeah, but you don't use Blizzard. I know. But so I, what do you care about a mobile authenticator? Well, I've actually got the mobile authenticator on my account. Oh. The only problem is um, I forgot to write down the um, password that you're only given once (laughs) for the mobile authenticator. So, you know, in case you need to remove it from your phone. Yeah. Which I did without removing it from my phone. So when I can't get it back. I can't get it back. So when I signed into my Blizzard account, you know, to try and change my password, which everybody who's got a Blizzard account I should, should do probably do that um it asked me for my authenticator code which so i installed the app and i'm like oh wait this is not linked to my phone <laughs> oops found out there's a lot of hoops you have to jump through in order to prove that you are you well you asked for that i know <laughs> i literally made it so there were two keys to unlock my account, and then I threw one of the keys away. Well, not even threw it away. I destroyed it. <laughs> so it doesn't exist anymore. So now I can't even get into my own account. Which I guess means it's really secure if nobody can get into it. Right. It, well, and now that they have the mobile authenticator stuff, maybe then they'll be able to rebuild the second key. 
Oh, sucks. Stupid hackers. Why can't everybody just get along? Because some people are significantly more vicious. Where do you change your security question? You can't. Wait, but then what's the point of having a password? Because they can just get the... Yes. I added the Google Mobile Authenticator to my Gmail account. As did I. (laughs) Which now means I don't have to worry about having cell phone service anymore to sign into my email. Yep. I also have a printed card. Of the emergency one-time use? Yes. Yeah, I actually should probably print that. Of course, then, if you lose that card, someone else has access to your email. That's the, that's the trade-off with that one. Like, keep this in your wallet. Okay, I just got mugged. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a toss-up between security and, I don't know, non-security? I'm trying to think yeah. of what it's a toss-up with. Do I want to add a mobile authenticator to my Blizzard account? Well, if your phone is rooted, it may or may not work. What? Mm-hmm. What do you mean it may or may not work? I think, I don't remember if it worked on mine when the phone was rooted or not, but it was, I think they got a wonderful message saying, um, your phone's rooted, uh, we, we can't be responsible for anything with a rooted phone. Well, does that mean it's not going to work or that they just won't guarantee security on it? I think they won't guarantee security on it. Okay. I know I got mine to work because, like I said, I had two keys and I destroyed one. Uh, Is it the same kind of thing as the Blizzard, not the Blizzard, the Google one where it's just a timer? Mm-hmm. Okay. Attaching authenticator. You got to hop through a couple more steps. I yep. see that. I don't think so, that'll be a problem. So, speaking of apps. Yeah. The Obama campaign released a mobile app. Yeah. That includes a Google map for canvassers that recognizes your current location and marks nearby Democratic households with small blue flags. Wait, what? Yeah, let me just say that again. The app includes Google Map that recognizes your current location as Google Map does, with GPS enabled, or not even that, just cellular connections. It'll find out where you are, and then mark all nearby Democratic households with small blue flags on the map. For each address... The app displays the first name, age, and gender of the voter or voters who lives there. That's not cool. Like, did no one think that this is a bad idea to to release this publicly? Well, that's the thing, though, is the fact that all of that information... Is public information. Is public information, yeah. You go vote. After you are done voting, the Republican and Democratic parties can ask for the voter rolls and then later find out... How you voted. They can look in the past and go, oh, they, this person... It's not a, a secret ballot? No. Oh, well, crap. <laughs> yep. Okay. You didn't know that? You didn't know that they can go back later and find not out how you really? voted? No. No. Well, yeah, they can do that. Well, that's... Okay. Huh. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, now this um, app kind of takes all this public information and just um, puts it out there. I almost want to download it and see if it lists me as a Democrat. Because <laughs> there, there have been times I have voted Republican because my political view is I'm against the stupid people. Yeah, well, that's 
not going to last very long, Andy, as far as politics. I know. It's make, it's so hard. Yep. Sometimes the choice is easy, though. Sometimes the choice is the less of the two stupid people. Yes. Why is my phone asking me to download an update? For what? The system. There's an OTA update. Well, you're on Sprint, so I have no idea. I'm on a completely different phone than you. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, have they finally released Cyanogen 9? Yes. Officially? It came out yesterday. Ha-ha! Nice. You're going to go update to the final? Where do I go? Is it, uh... Oi, later. Later. All right. Come on. Sorry. Back to the show. Okay. What else we got? We should be getting really close. Um, there might be robots in TF2. Yeah, so do you think it's bots? Okay, so there have already been hidden assets found in the game's code that point to robotic variants of each each of the game's characters. Okay, let, let's clarify. When you say robotic, you mean bots. Yes. Okay. And then later, the Team Fortress website leads to a birth certificate that indicates there was actually a third brother. Mm-hmm. You know the, the history is the two brothers? Yeah. And- Redmond and Blutark. Yeah. And now there's gray. Yeah. So there's red versus blue versus gray. Mm-hmm. So which either could mean... A third team. Yeah. Which gets into very interesting team-based dynamics. Mm-hmm. Also potentially leads to, like, terrible, terrible, terrible spawning, camping, awful shit. Of, like, let's get a bunch of people and seed two teams and just fuck with the other team. Who knows? This... <laughs> or bots. Yeah. Which means you could potentially have a a group where you're all on the same team and just fighting bots. Which could be, like, a horde mode. Ooh. Yeah. Think about that. That would be kind of... Like, be- they just keep spawning? Yeah. How long can you defend with from endless enemies? Cool. So most people think this is going to be announced on the last day of PAX. Yep. Because the birth certificate declares the second day of September. So September 2nd is the last day of PAX this year. So who knows? This could be interesting. It could be. I don't know. I've, I've, I haven't played much TF2 uh, since the Pyro. Neither have I. I just basically logged in to get the pyro stuff and then logged out again. Because, as we know, my laptop really can't play the games. It can play them, just not very well. (laughs) So speaking of video games... Yes? You know, you go to GameStop, you get their power-up rewards, little card thing, or not. And it comes with Game Informer for a year. Okay. (laughs) Do you know that Game Informer is now the third largest magazine subscription in the u.s i did not yeah it just passed better homes and garden and i think it also passed um who was the other one that just passed i forgot what the other one i think like reader's digest is like fourth so what are the top two the top two are very surprising i did not know this this is why i actually had to hunt down a news article that actually listed the top two the top two magazine subscriptions in the u.s Mm mm-hmm are the AARP Bulletin. Okay. And the AARP The Magazine. Interesting. Yeah. So AARP. It has the top two spots. And Game Informer is there. <laughs> That's an odd triple right there. 
old guys I mean, and video games. Gamers. Well, but keep in mind, like, video gamers don't pay for... The game. They basically yeah. are paying for... The ma- well, they don't pay for the magazine at all. No. Like, it's completely free. They pay for the, the GameStop subscription, which I have, and then you get Game Informer for a year. Yeah. I have a year's worth of Game Informers. Do you know how much I've read of them? <laughs> I've read one. I flipped through a couple of them. That's about it. Yeah. Just not worth it. So, yeah, that becomes the question of um, how many of the 8.2 copies out there are actually read? <laughs> None. Like, maybe a couple. Five. Yeah, Better Homes and Gardens, Reader's Digest is uh, fifth. Good Housekeeping is sixth. The National Geographic, seventh. Family Circle, People, Women's Day, Time, Taste of Home, Ladies' Home Journal, Sports Illustrated, Cosmo. There is Cosmo at uh, three million. Maxim's at 2.5. Where's Playboy? Not in the top 20. 25. Wow. You know, I wonder if that's because people don't subscribe. They just go out and buy. It's not in the top 25 by single copy sales. Cosmo is actually leading that one. Let's see. Yeah, not in the... Oh, top 25. It's number 25 for digital replicated circulation. Is... Playboy. Oh, well, okay then. So I guess people get the digital version now. I don't know. When I did have a subscription to it, I actually did read it for the articles. I swear. <laughs> I, sure. I and- did. Oh my! The interviews were ridiculous because the guy's actually able to interview him for whatever. Yep. He, he doesn't care about editing himself for the interview. So if I could have gotten Playboy, just the articles, would have done it. Okay. See what else do we got going on here? Oh, online gambling has hit Facebook UK. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. It's those tubes getting clogged up again. Mm-hmm. This time with bingo. Bingo? Yes. Online bingo gambling f- with bingo. Yes, bingo frenzy. Sure. It will be quickly followed by slots frenzy. So now your grandma, when she's on Facebook... Can play bingo. Yep. Instead of having to go to the casino could just play on facebook if she's in the uk in the u.s it's going to be harder to see that here because we have a lot more stringent rules about online gambling in the u.s rather so like than, about bingo well online gambling in the u.s is a big no-no yes granted zynga doesn't care granted who knows if zynga is going to be around by the time they actually get through the online gambling. everything oh zynga not doing so hot no so maybe Facebook's actually going to make money then. Potentially. Well, it's online gambling. It's the only person who could not make a casino work was Trump. Ouch. Well, he did have the casino in Atlantic City that went out of business. Harsh. Still harsh. Yeah. Right, is there anything that you want to hit before we go on to the random review and everything? Uh... One thing about that authenticator and the the screen you have to write down. Yeah. Next time, take a screenshot with your phone. That would have been a smart idea, wouldn't it? Yep. And then have it automatically upload to Dropbox. As long as your Dropbox is secure, you've got it. I'll have to remember that. You're welcome. It's assuming your Dropbox is secure. That's the kind of the key. Uh... As secure as anything else is. 
Well, no, we had it. It's my A plus class. We were doing stuff for tablets and Dropbox and stuff. So I think I shared my Dropbox with the TA. Then unshare it. Yeah, I might do that. Uh, final bit of news. Oh yeah, finished with eight point six million dollars for their Kickstarter. Oh yeah. God, eight point six million dollars. Oh, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Isn't the Penny Arcade one almost done? Yes, it is. They're at about a half a million, I think. Let's see. As of four days to go, four hundred fifty-six thousand nine hundred forty-nine. So they got all the way up to the strip search. Yeah. But not enough to have all ads on the homepage removed. Oh well, that's what ad blockers for. <laughs> you did remove ad blocker for our website, right? Uh, let's see. Ad blocker options. Filter lists. Hey, look at that. I can add our website. There you go. Oh, no, it is. Yeah, I, I have. It is open on our website. Okay, just making sure. Yeah, should be fine. All right. Review? Yes. Go. I am going to review Real Mist, which okay. you can currently get on Steam. What is Real Mist? Real. Do you remember Mist, right? Yeah. Hard game. Real Mist is Mist but you don't have to click everywhere. It's um, free-roaming. Okay. So they they turned Mist into like a first-person shooter. Yes. What did they build it in? Source? Uh, da, 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 da. I'm trying to read what, the, what 3D engine they're used. It does not say. Okay. But it's now in a full 3D environment. Which, um, so it's still Mist. And there's actually another age to Mist. Mm-hmm. So after you know you finish the game, there's actually one more world you can go to. Okay. So I didn't like it this way. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the same. I picked it up during the Steam sale because it was cheap. Yeah. Let me actually see how much it is on Steam at the moment. This is not helpful. Okay, real Mist on Steam. Currently on Steam. It is $6. Would I pay $6 for this? No. Okay. Because one, it's missed. So unless you have forgotten how to work all the levels, it's not really any... I mean, it's the same game. Yeah. And it's not going to get harder. No. In fact, some of the levels I had forgotten, like what the big secret was to solving each of the levels, but at that point, it was like, I probably finished it in a couple of hours. Okay. So the game seemed a lot harder when I was younger, but that was probably because I was younger. So yeah, it's a 3D roaming environment, which for some parts of the level makes them actually a lot harder. Because <laughs> before, you could click around and you knew that you could not go this direction. Or you didn't have to worry about going to this spot or this, that, and the other thing, or looking in the right direction. Because everything was set in static pictures right yeah so you didn't have to worry about the classic first person am i walking on this ledge correctly so i don't you know fall off well granted you can't fall off on the ledge but still it's harder to walk around and it actually takes longer because in original mist there was the zip mode there was yes i don't remember this zip mode yeah once you visited a place and you turned on the zip mode you could very quickly go from one location to another. 
Mm. Like the part where you had to walk to the elevator on the Mist Island. You could just zip from the front of that hallway to the back of that hallway. Literally with just one click instead of having to walk the whole way this time. Because there's no zip mode in the free roaming mode. It doesn't work. So it's a new way of exploring mist. And there's, you don't like it. Yeah, there's. Um, it almost makes it look more dated than what it originally looked like, hmm. if that makes any sense. It does. Because before you had nice static pictures and everything just looked good. Now everything's 3D and it... And it doesn't. No, it doesn't look really look all that great. Now it has another age to it, so... You could, if you remember the ending sequence... Just Not really. <laughs> well, there's a way of getting to the end of the game really quickly, if you remember how to do it. Yeah, it's something about the fireplace in the first area. Yep. So you could get to the end really quickly and just do the new the new age and be done with it. Okay. But still, for six dollars, I would not recommend it. It's okay. Was this done by the the original people? Yes. Or at least the original studio. Yes, this was done by Cyan. Okay. Released by Ubisoft, but yep, it yep. was it 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 doesn't work. Yep. Especially the fact that when you're reading the books. If it's a static image, like, okay, you can just be reading the books. You don't have to worry about where your mouse is. When it's in the free roaming mode, if you move off of the book, the book closes. Ooh. And if you go click the book again, it will open back up again to the first page. Ooh. So then you have to click through all the pages again, and they have to animate the pages moving and this stuff. And it's just like, really? Okay. So not something to pick up. (sighs) I picked it up because it was cheap. Okay. For the current price of $6, no. Well, good to know. I was never a huge fan of Mist in the first place, so I probably wouldn't have picked it up even on sale. Granted, picking it up, talking to Brendan got me into the Mist books, which are okay as well, but I'll talk about those at a later date once I finish all three of them. Okay. The red one, the blue one, and the white one? Uh, Red, green, and white. Red, green, and white. I thought there was a blue. You mean the novels? Well, the books in the game. Oh, no, no, these were actual, like, physical books that were written to expand the world of Mist. I know, and I was making a joke about the books in the game. Oh. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, it shows how well I was paying attention. Random topic? Sure. Rolled ahead of time. What did I roll? Ah, yes. Should men get mani petties? Have you ever had a manicure, Andy? I have not. I have. And you know What? What? It looked damn good. I don't doubt it. It's I, I got the, the buff treatment, so they, they put a little polish on and then just like buff it into your nail. And it makes your nails look really freaking good. I mean I, I I didn't feel the like pamper thing that you're supposed to feel with it. I did not feel pampered. But I yeah, sure, go for it. It's actually pretty nice. I don't know, the pedicure might be nice, granted. Eh. I wear socks <laughs> all the time. I don't know. It's the the fact that I'm just thinking about it. Like my feet are not the most pleasant things at the moment, especially with running. I've got calluses on odd spots on my feet. Okay, like on so the front of my toes. The, the pedicure just to kind of clean up your feet. Could, but then they would have to with the calluses and my 
toenails are not the best, especially after I had a couple of them ripped off during swimming. Yeah, you accidentally kick a lane line with long toenails, you're going to lose a toenail. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I've, I had, I've already lost both of my big toes. And so their nails are not the prettiest. They're actually very unflat, if that makes any sense. It does. Okay. I think I've lost access to my Apple account. Ooh. I don't remember the ID or the password. <laughs> or what email I used. Huh. Well, that kind of sucks. Yes. So, I, I do have to say, I like, you know, relaxing in a hot tub. I like getting massages. Sitting in a sauna is quite nice. But I don't know, the mani-pedi, it almost would feel like a wasted effort, because I'd probably get the mani-pedi, and then, you know, a day or two later, have to go work on the car and accidentally slam one of my fingers under the hood or something. I mean, so you'd slam your fingers, which would hurt anyway. <laughs> True. And then you go get another one. It would feel like it'd be a vicious cycle, or it's like, oh, this is nice. I should keep getting this. I mean, I, I got one years ago. I have not gone back to keep getting them. I just, I, I don't know. I'd say I'd be up for it at least once. I'll say that. I will be up for it at least once to try it out. And then... See where it goes from there? Yes. Well, so I, I believe I mentioned to you, Laura and I are planning on being in town on Labor Day weekend. Yes. So perhaps that Friday... We if you are all... not busy, we, sh- we should go get manicures. That would be funny. See how many people we can rope into going. <laughs> I'd be we'll up see. for it. I'd be up for it. What do you think? I don't know. We'll see if I have to work or not. Then record the responses. Like, so what do you think? What do you think? Maybe. Okay. Cool. Well, I'm pretty much out of stuff to talk about then. Me Except too. for my toe. I could talk about my toe. No, we're good. We're good? Are you sure? Yeah, I already talked about my toes enough. Well, my toe really hurts. What'd you do? Uh, it's infected. Oh! Did you try getting your toe pierced? What? (laughs) How does that even work? I don't know. There's a bone in there. (laughs) That's normally what happens, is people get things pierced, and then it becomes infected. No, my piercing is fine. My piercing has no issues whatsoever. My toe, the nail decided to continue to grow into the skin. Ooh. Yeah, we should probably end. Okay. Bye, everyone. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening.